Hello, all of you pot smokers and weed freaks and those that are kind of curious. Welcome to another episode of When I'm High. Uh, we've got a new interview for you today. Chances are this is going to be another two-parter, so next week will be part two. And uh, for for the sake of um, just anonymity, that's a word I just made up, um, our subject today is named Sam. Hello, Sam. How you doing? Good to see you, Spence. <laughs> Good and to see I do you mean too. see you. We're in one place together, aren't we? Yes. Uh, this is the first time I've had a, a face-to-face, although it, you know, be eight feet plus apart from each other. But yeah, this is uh, much, much different than the other interviews that I've done. I like it a lot better. Um, so we're we're here to talk about your experience with cannabis, and um, let's let's get into that um, because I know it's it's a, a little bit different than some of some of my other subjects. So can you tell me the first time you tried pot and the first time it got you high, and then we'll get into a little bit more more details after that. I was quite old. I was probably forty ish, um, and. Uh, Actually, first time didn't have an effect on me. Second time did, and at that point I was 50-ish. And uh, then there have been several times since then, since pandemic, uh, because legalization in my area seemed to roughly coincide with the end of the world as we know it. And (laughs) my wife and I decided, you know, if not now, when? And uh, she'd never tried it. And I had had just those two experiences, one of them, I guess you'd say, unsuccessful. Uh, the other one had an impact on me. So, And those first times were many years ago-ish? Mm-hmm. Right, because I'm pushing 60 now. So we're talking about 20 years ago and about 10 years ago. Got it. Um, and so getting back into it, you know, earlier in this crazy times this year, um, what what was that first time back like for you? Yeah, the first time uh was mild um i think that we had taken a pretty darn small dose we were going with the gummies approach Mm -hmm. um we're not big fans of smoking anything those two previous experiences for me had been with a bong uh but uh we liked the idea of gummies and yeah first time was mild i'd say um uh, relaxation and uh you know honestly <laughs> i don't remember and that shows that there was some impact right sure sure i mean you know <laughs> i don't want to say anything about your age but uh that could factor <laughs> oh, yeah, into that's it too a factor too isn't it <laughs> um and, and do you remember how many milligrams you took that first time well so i'm looking at this 10 and it looks like they're five a piece and um gee we we may have taken one each. Mm-hmm. I may have taken one and a half. I don't know. I don't remember. All I know is that once uh, it was up to two, then there was some something more concrete. Two going. pieces, yeah. yeah. So, so ten milligrams. Yeah. And you know, you're you're a you're a taller guy, yeah. so there's going to be di- obviously a different effect for you. That's right. And I think for some people. Um, when when it's not really in your system, yeah. I think it takes a little bit of time to sort of start to, to build up. So maybe yeah. that first time after a decade, yeah. uh, it doesn't really know how to affect your body quite yet. I don't really know the science on that, so apologies to all you people who do know. I might, Maybe I'm speaking out of my ass. Um, but I think that there's maybe that's partly why, you know, if you did have maybe seven and a half milligrams, which is tends to be higher than a normal first dose, maybe that's why it didn't really right, do so much. Right. And for our listeners... 
He is not, in fact, speaking out of his ass. I'm watching his <laughs> mouth move. So unless he's like the most unique ventriloquist in history. Um, you know, and I'm remembering now that actually that time before, the second time was not 10 years ago, it was five years ago. I remember okay. when it was. So it was 15 years ago and five years ago. Both times I was on tour with a rock band. So, it, you know, when in Rome, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, let's see. So... You've already mentioned that you you prefer not to smoke. Um, right. ha, have you only had uh, gummies or edibles, or have you had other ones as well? You know, since since starting up again. Gummies and s'mores. That's it. S'mores. Yeah. Rich chocolate with creamy marshmallow and maple graham crackers. We put them in actual s'mores. Actually. So these are pre-packaged. He's got the bag right there. He's yeah. looking at well, it. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to be ready. Let me take it out and look at it and show it to you. I think I do remember seeing at some dispensary they had some sort of... Okay, so oh, it's, it's... They're just the right size for trick-or-treat. No, <laughs> we're not going to do that. But you know what? Boy, as I look at the packet, if someone were to hand this to, say, a kid, I don't see anything on here about the contents. That's a problem. Yeah, That is the, a problem. So these, these are individually wrapped inside of a larger bag, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you want to be very careful... Yeah, they're rectangles, these. look like, or squares, maybe about an inch square, and it says toasted s'mores on one side, and rich chocolate with creamy marshmallow and maple, maple graham crackers on the other. There is a logo here, very small print, with the name of the company. Okay. But I don't see anything about the active ingredient. Interesting. That's bad. That's Joe Camel stuff, frankly. Yeah. yeah that's wrong. I'm guessing the outside package does yes. say something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're trick-or-treating and someone right. just... Yeah, don't do that. No. Don't do that. Um, and then, so you, you said you would just add those to regular s'mores and you know, get a little kick. Yeah, and I think once after that, we just... You know, we were grilling out with a friend, and so we just decided to do it that way. Um, but I think we've had them since then um, just uh, straight up. Okay. Uh, do they taste good? Yeah. Tastes like s'mores. Nice. Uh, don't you love that? Oh, yeah. Um, so how often do you... Do you um, imbibe. I, yeah. I don't want to say smoke, you know. Right. It's not smoking. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So like I said, um, wife and I, we were sort of coming to the same conclusion right about the time of the pandemic and um, cutting ourselves some slack, dyeing our hair strange colors um, <laughs> and, uh, and distracting ourselves. So uh, since March, Probably maybe eight times. So not a lot. Uh, it's still kind of a special occasion thing. If it had just bowled us over and we loved it, mm. I'm sure it would be more often. But that wasn't really our feeling. We didn't hate it. We didn't love it. We found it more interesting than fun, though there were some fun, fun elements. I shouldn't use the past tense. I should say are because it's not like we've sworn off the stuff. Yeah. So, so it wasn't this uh, crazy mind-blowing thing, but it was it was good enough to keep on trying it once or twice a month. It sounds like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so, and then in a in a very general sense, what does it feel like? Because we're going to get mm -hmm. into some some details in a bit too. Yeah, um, general sense. Well, I tend to go to the details. Um, general sense. Okay, there were there was an impact on short-term memory. Um, which I know is typical. There was an increase in silliness and amusability, let's say. Uh, 
there was uh, kind of a, how would I put this? Just a little bit of a Twilight Zone element to being in a room that was normally quite familiar, mm. being walking the dog on a pat on a stretch of sidewalk that was normally quite familiar. Things seemed a little bit different. Cool. Yeah, mm. let, we're, we're going to get into that stuff. Um, so what makes you decide to have some at a certain time? Is it sometimes you alone? Is it you together? And, and yeah, what, yeah, what makes you decide to, to have some? I don't think either one of us has done it alone. Um, and, and I think the first time or two, it was probably, you know, like buddy system um, mm, yeah. in reverse. Because buddy system would typically mean, or designated driver would typically mean, that uh, one of you stays sober. Buddy system, I guess, is different. We're both going to go out there, you know, swim out to the island. Hold right? hands. <laughs> Do <laughs> it. Take the plunge. So they're different. Yeah, they're actually the opposite now that I think of it. Um, but, I mean, for us, it was was and is, I think, something that's just kind of fun to try together and compare notes afterward. Yeah, I think it's a fun thing to do with a with a partner of some kind or sometimes with a, in a group of people, which obviously is not going to happen for a while. Yeah, plus she said some really funny things <laughs> that I was glad I was there to hear, probably vice versa. Yeah, sure. Um, and so is there something then that happens that makes you decide to do that together? So we have wine each night a glass or two with dinner um and you know i'm a lot bigger than she is um i i don't get as much of a a a buzz or a or a relaxation from it per ounce as she does um and what has prompted it so the one time we had a friend over um and she was a pot virgin like Mm. my wife was back in march the first time i was pretty darn close to a virgin too I mean, let's just say, <laughs> if you want to use that analogy, I had dipped in a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> but, just a couple. But but not inhaled. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? So um, Literally, actually, in this case. <laughs> that's right. I uh, still haven't inhaled. Um, so, oh, you'd think I was smoking because I forgot the question. Let's get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else has prompted it? Just a sense of... Oh, let's watch this silly movie, and maybe it will be enhanced. Right, right. It's know? it's been a few weeks, maybe since the last mm-hmm. time, and you know, let's see if this yeah. new experience. Yeah, right. Is exactly it. right. Um, it, you know, sh- she tends to get sleepy at night fairly easily, and um, if she's had a drink or two, and especially if then pot is involved, sometimes it it kind of knocks her out sure which yeah. defeats the purpose and the stuff ain't cheap so <laughs> no you you want to you, you don't want to waste it right i definitely don't um do you do you do it with wine as well or we is have it, yeah has we it sometimes have. by itself maybe once by itself when we did it in the afternoon so that she would stay awake yeah i but think that's ge- a good experiment yeah but generally you know have a little wine with dinner and and I've been saying it takes a while to take effect, so let's have it right when we start dinner so that when dinner's over, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to feel something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that there is something to be said about having a little bit of food in your stomach anyway. Oh, okay. Um, I think it helps to get the digestion going. Well, sadly, getting food into my stomach has never been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I've gotten older. Um, all right, so, so some of the specifics. Uh, how we've we've touched on a few of these already. Mm-hmm. How does your level of focus change? Hmm. Focus. 
That's interesting. It's not that while watching a television show, our attention wanders or we get bored or we get up and leave. It's, I would say that there is extreme focus Mm -hmm. Um, and connected to that. The shows last forever. (laughs) And feel free to give any specific (laughs) examples as well. An episode of Star Trek Voyager uh, that turned into a (laughs) miniseries. One episode. Yeah. (laughs) Each scene was like an episode. Happened a couple times. uh, And I went back both times and rewatched the next Mm. day. It's like, yeah, I remember this part. I remember this part. I remember this part. But right now it's just chugging along. Sure. You know, like a normal 50, 50 minute narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were there were some other things I think. Oh, I know there was a like a lifetime movie, one of those lifetime thrillers mm-hmm. that just went on and on and on. You know, um, and, and those really you don't want those to go on and on. I was going to say for some people those <laughs> probably drag on anyway. <laughs> exactly right. Um, though I have a friend, she works as an editor for things like um, you know, uh, cheerleader nanny from hell, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's it's good steady work if you can get it very consistent yeah they're in hollywood um but the the thing that leaps to mind is commercials Mm. and specifically one commercial Uh uh-oh uh (laughs) we were watching side by side and we lie on the floor with our dog uh our dog paul and uh we're watching you know something i can't remember what it was and a commercial comes on and uh as we recall it uh, they were animated crackers with little legs and arms jumping around and uh, talking and possibly singing. They may or may not have had cheese on or in them. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife pointed to the screen and said, I think that's real. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, honey, it's on the TV. It's not and she said, no, 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 I think that's real. And later, she claimed that what she meant was, I think that's really on our TV, not something we're imagining. I I honestly don't know whether that was embarrassed revisionism, right? Um, a little white lie, or, or, or what. But um, I've quoted it to her a number of times in different contexts. As you contexts. should. Yes, yes. Something amazing happens or, you know, something obviously fake. And I'll say, no, but I think that's real. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I mean, that that can be interpreted so many different ways. But, uh, you know, her her reasoning for that and, and what you experienced, I think, are either perfectly fine. Um, but I prefer your your way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was real in the sense of being on TV because otherwise it was a mass hallucination. Right. Or at least a two-person one. Right. Yeah. I think that's real. Really on our TV. Yeah. Yes, it is really on our TV. Yeah. And these are real crackers that are alive. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, so so focus, you get super focused on uh, just just whatever is happening in front of you. Yeah. And you know, I'm a working artist. What I haven't found myself doing is getting focused on any of of several projects I don't generally have going on at one time. It's really more on a distraction, like a, a, a movie or a TV show. Okay. Um, and it's not really on conversation either, because, for instance, the one time, I think, that we've done it with a third party, um, and she was visiting for the weekend, and she was curious, and she knew we'd been doing it. And um, 
I mean, we were paying attention to each other in this conversation, but getting sidetracked a lot, too. So maybe the focus was on each other, but wasn't on uh, the main line of the conversation there really ceased to be one right right there's a lot of tangents and things yeah i think that that seems pretty common um and and in that case you know it's one thing to you know to do it by yourself and to just have the thoughts go on in your mind and you're experiencing something and then when you add a second person you know just in relationships Mm -hmm. in general that changes the complexity of the situation because you're both Two different personalities. Yes. It's it's reacting in your body differently, and then you add a third person. It's and that, exponential at that point. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So who knows? You know how the, sense. the 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 energy of that situation goes. Yeah. Um, you know the reason I mentioned that I don't get focused on my art. Now, granted, I've never tried. I've I was going to get there next. Yeah, yeah, I have never tried, and I think maybe the reason I've never tried is that as a working artist and someone who has been doing art since I was a kid and went to school with, you know, I had a lot of friends who were potheads and uh, most of them were artists or aspiring artists and most of them were aspiring because my experience of them was that there was a lot of sitting on the floor, sometimes in a circle, backs leaned up against the wall, talking about things. Oh, this would be amazing. (laughs) Stuff that sounded brilliant at the time that they either didn't remember or that they remembered and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. <laughs> worth remembering. And I, I always cite Tom Petty as the exception to the rule. He was the most prolific working pothead artist uh, I've ever heard of. Because mm-hmm. he'd do an album every two years. He toured constantly. He was doing what he loved. So maybe if these, they were college students. Maybe if they, you know, had reached that level of getting paid to do what they love maybe they could have been working pothead artists but maybe all the pot use was detrimental to them finding that success yeah i'm just throwing these out as possibilities that have occurred to me sure and and you never really know what the answer is it sounds like there was maybe a lot of talking and a lot and a lot less of doing uh and so you you actually went and did the work right um so so speaking of that you know you may not have really experienced with this but the creativity you know Mm -hmm. do you feel even though you haven't done any of your work in the you know while high uh do you notice any changes in your creativity during that time during this past time yeah and that's just in your day-to-day life really not really i I would cite the pandemic actually i mean i've always been as you know um uh, because we've collaborated on some things um a fairly prolific Mm-hmm. Uh, working artist and usually multiple projects at once. If anything, I think the pandemic has has bumped that up a little bit mm-hmm. because it's something over which I have some control as opposed to the things where control has been taken from us or diminished. Um, some of the collaborative things that I do, especially the in-person collaborations, have gotten a little trickier. But I've co-written songs you know, with people and uh, more recently done some performances with social distancing outdoors mm-hmm. in safe spaces. Um, so uh, what was I getting at? I wouldn't say that the very occasional uh, use that, that we've uh, had in the past half year um, has impacted my overall creativity level. Do you have any interest in trying 
kind of as an experiment to try to do any of these things while high? I wouldn't want to take the stage high because no, no, that no. just seems too risky for the audience. More of like at home writing something, yeah, whatever. It, it would be writing or, you know, I I do a little drawing. Maybe I'd do that. Sure. Um, I do some filmmaking. Maybe I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not out on location. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. uh, you know, a little animating, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you've seen my flipbook animations. Maybe I should do one of those. Well, hi, it could turn out really interesting, I suppose. I think interesting, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I've talked to some people who are specifically writers yeah. on this podcast, and yeah. it seems like, um, if I'm remembering correctly, the um, their 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 editor brain mm-hmm. is different. You know, so if you write something sober, come back to it when high. Right. It's the way you look at what you have already done you're going to see it in a okay. different way or vice versa. Oh, absolutely. Right. But you know, you're touching on something that I talk about a lot, both in teaching, writing and, and other arts. Um, and in just talking with colleagues or thinking about my own process, which is left brain, right brain. And my guess would be that people tend to be left brain donom- dominant when they're sober hmm. and tend to be more accessing of the right unconscious brain when they are on something. That's my guess. Right. Um, and yeah, I always say a 50-50 partnership between, between the two is ideal and that most of the writing I see from students in workshop is much more left brain. Mm-hmm. And it's planned out and it's outlined and, and it, it reads that way. Um, and, and I try to get them to access that, that unconscious, that dream half. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you'll get this, this happens every year or two. Someone says, he hands a piece out and says, so I had this wild dream earlier this week and it was so interesting. I wrote it down. And those don't work either because hmm. that's all right brain, you know? And so it's unstructured and there's maybe some things in there that are interesting. So when I think back to like the, no, I think that's real uh, story about the TV commercial. See, I would use that while sober writing a piece about being high Mm -hmm. you know and i would use i'm going to tell you the story about walking my dog yeah i'm going to use that too but those are things that the raw material came about while high but then the editor would come back later and say this this and this i can use the rest of it i don't remember yeah (laughs) yeah i i feel like that's um i can't i um it seems like for a lot of people, that's another thing is where you, you start to get these ideas or these experiences or these different ways of looking at things when you're in that state of mind. And then later, if you've remembered it, yeah. or if you've written it down, right. like, oh, yeah, I can use that as a jumping off point for something right. else. Right. Well, Keith Richards famously, when he was not just drunk, but God knows what else, um, this is back in the 60s, um, stumbled into his hotel room with a riff in his head turned on tape recorder and played dun, dun, da, 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 and fell over, knocked himself out. But, uh, you know, the tape kept taping for the other rest of the 45 <laughs> minutes, but he rewound it and there was satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy that I'm talking to right now was actually interviewed years ago for the previous portion of this podcast and mm-hmm. i think that story actually made it into oh, the music it? episode <laughs> okay okay so some of you may hear that twice or i may cut it out <laughs> i don't know um so i think it would be interesting um you know 
if if you were to to do some of these experiments yeah. with your writing or whatever it is, yeah. um, you know, just for my own curiosity, okay. I'd love yeah. to I'd love to know what uh, what happens with that. Well, sure, because you know my work really well, and uh, yeah, it would be interesting for both of us. Yeah, to see. And uh, I think it is all about balance, like you were saying. Right. Right. Um, so what is your sense of time like? Mm-hmm. You've already talked about this one a little bit. Yeah, it's a biggie. Um, does seem to stretch out. Uh, more so with the TV. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what the, maybe there may be a neural phenomenon there or an optineural phenomenon. Because it's not like those conversations seem to last okay. forever. It's the TV shows where I'm passively watching and listening as opposed to participating. So there might be something there. Uh, is it watching TVs and movies that is what you usually do when you're high? Or are there other... Is that the most common activity? That and talking. And talking? In that yeah. order, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the, the conversations don't feel as draggy. No. Interesting. They feel a little bit scattered and um, and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, there are those moments of, um, oh, this is an insight. Yeah. There are those eureka or faux eureka right. moments. Um, and then, too, there is, I mean, this sort of segues into talking about memory. I may have one of those eurekas, and by the time she's done talking and it's time for me to respond and I want to fold the eureka in, it's gone. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, and I think that has to do with focus. Yeah. I, I think memory and focus, and I've mentioned this many times before, I think the memory and the focus are very closely related. Right. I think that you you end up getting so focused on the other thing that's happening you've completely forgotten about what it was that you were just thinking about. I think that's one of the reasons why the memory loss happens, at least. No, there was something I was going to say about that, but no, I've forgotten. Just kidding. Sadly, Um, that actually (laughs) happens to me in my day-to-day life every (laughs) single day. But no, I'm kidding. Um, But the thing is, you know, as someone who usually talks more than 50% of the time in conversations, is aware of it, and is not thrilled with it, I've been... um, focused mm-hmm. on something called intentional listening. Mm. And so what I'm trying to consciously do in conversation is not be thinking of what I'm going to say next, but be focused on what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Even if things are popping up like, oh, I know what I want to say to that, but now she's talking, so I need to wait. Now you need to listen. Focus. Right, focus. And I don't think pot is helpful with that. <laughs> well, no. So so I was going to ask a, a specifically, um, it's with conversations as well, but specifically with watching TV shows, what what is going through your brain when you're watching? You know, there's you're watching the show, but are there other, what what is the thought process in your head, if you can remember? Yeah. So as a filmmaker and a film scholar. Um, I'm used to watching things on multiple levels of craft, form, content. Um, My first time watching something I've never seen before is much more naive, Mm -hmm. you know, and immediate, and what's going to happen, and, you know, feeling for the characters and such. Anything good, I'll go back to and watch again. Because part of the reason it was good the first time is the things I didn't notice. And, you know, second time is for subtext, as they say. So uh, the difference here is I would say I'm not very geared into craft style uh, components of the medium. I think there 
are some associations going on, but um, more personal. Uh, it seems to be a less intellectual viewing and more of a amusement park ride. Mm. So you're um, you're more just in it for the ride. I think so. Than, okay. Uh, when you say personal, are you thinking about your relation or, or, or how your life relates to what you're watching? It's hard to put into words. It is. And, you know, it, it's, it's a little alarming because you're close to the edge of solipsism and, and a, a world of the self. Um, I think it is a more internal phenomenon because I'm not thinking about craft. Um, you know, I might watch that Voyager and the scene with Seven of Nine and think, okay, so this sort of anticipates certain AI-themed pieces since then, like um, Ex Machina, mm -hmm. you know, in certain ways. And I'm not going to think that when I'm high. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to maybe think... Yeah, wow, she's great. She's hot. She's she's so tall. I wonder how tall Jerry Ryan really is. Oh, uh, well, but she is wearing those tall shoes. When is the first time I saw her as this character? It'll be more like that. Sure. Yeah. You know. And this is this is just why I love doing this because I love seeing how people's inner thoughts yeah. are are changed or whatever, especially coming from somebody like you who is such a film scholar and who, who does see film in such a different way than most people, uh, it's interesting to... Uh, it dumbs me down, Spencer. <laughs> oh, good. You're back That's, at our level no, now. It's not, well, I didn't say you. <laughs> you have a I did. You're in media, too. Um, I think it de-sophisticates... Interesting. Okay. ...my viewing of media. Are there any uh, TV shows or movies that you've watched while high for the very first time? Well, certainly that Lifetime movie. Right, right. We don't sit around watching, you know. Anything a little bit more highbrow than that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I honestly, other than those two examples, I don't recall what else we've watched. Okay. Oh, and just in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to also say, are there things that you've watched that you had watched before while sober that you already... <laughs> you know, had had at least one pass of. And I was just curious if yeah. there was anything like that. I mean, what you're describing is what would, it, it would require an actual experimental yeah. approach of let me try something I've seen and know very well, maybe even I've taught or, or, or reviewed or something. And now let me see something for the first time and compare and contrast. Um, and it's really, you know, because it hasn't been done in a, um, an intentional way controlled yeah, yeah it's willy-nilly as which is the case with most of the people i talk to you know yeah. I, uh, most people don't don't take this in that sort of experimental way yeah. um, but we could always do a part two to this <laughs> you could get you could get back to me on the movies and tv shows and your uh, your creative work i'm an artist not a scientist right right i don't know <laughs> um let's see so so we talked about movies and tv shows a little bit um music is already a big part in your life. Mm -hmm. Have you played music or listened to music while high at all? No, and I really should. I should pick up one of my instruments and um, and play something I know. I'd say that would be a good thing to try, something I know well. 
mm-hmm. but also play something, you know, try to improvise something. Just let it flow. Yeah, maybe with the tape on, because who knows, could be satisfaction, too. <laughs> right, right. Not, yeah, it probably would be the original one, and it's like, wow, that's great. Yeah, Keith Richards wrote it, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I should definitely fold music in next time just to see what happens. Yeah, that that's a big one for people, especially who pe- people who play music, um, but also listening to music. I mean, I think... I think mm-hmm. that's another big one that people tend to, to listen to. So we're, we're going to add that to the list of the things yes, that you're going to do, thank your you. homework. Thank you. I, and, you know, I'm guessing the people who played, um, was it Pink Floyd while watching Wizard of Oz? That probably emerged, that idea probably emerged from enduring yeah. uh, marijuana use, I would guess. Very, very likely. Um, so I, I actually did that. There was no substances of, involved. I was with okay. a couple people who, who got those together, yeah. Wizard of Oz and... Uh, I think it was Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, it was, I mean, this was, God, this was probably at least 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was surprising how many things actually did mm-hmm. line up, mm-hmm. shockingly so. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of my very, very, very favorite movies is The Shining. There is a mm. whole documentary called Room 237. Two, yeah. And uh, there are a bunch of film scholars on there talking about their really way out there oh yeah and when i say way out i don't mean there's nothing to them right because you know i subscribe to the the theory of intentional fallacy that the artist's intention is irrelevant and the piece is the piece is the piece and it means seven and a half billion things to seven and a half billion people on earth Mm -hmm. you know but i would never have said this is Kubrick admitting to and apologizing for having faked the moon landing for NASA. Um, I would never have said this is about the Holocaust. I wish I'd been in that film because I have my own very specific feelings about The Shining as a a genre allegory about uh, domestic violence, domestic abuse, child abuse. yeah. Well, that would be a really good movie to put on your list of things to watch when you're <laughs> yes, high. You're right. Oh, yeah. It would it would be because yeah. it's Kubrick and because um, I mean that alone yeah. in and of itself is a good enough reason, <laughs> but just the fact that you know it so well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like 25 times worth mm-hmm. and including opening night um, mm. when I was 19, 18, 18. So Yeah, that would be a mind <laughs> watching The Shining. Um, I mean, it already is kind of a semi-controlled substance just watching that movie oh yeah yeah Yeah. uh so um what about the uh, food your experience of food when you get high Uh, it it sounded like before that you you would have the dinner you typically right at the beginning so so the dinner you know you probably no effects yet but uh do you have you know dessert or snacks or anything like that i don't think we've had a munchies phenomenon Mm -hmm. probably because you know it's starting to take effect right after dinner right and we're not up very long after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm up a little longer than she is. and Because um, it does often have a kind of soporific effect for her. And um, I, I haven't found myself, even when she's asleep and I'm up for a little while watching Voyager, say, I don't find myself um, thinking, gee, now I'm hungry. Yeah. So yeah. that one hasn't hit us. Maybe if we were to start at, you know, 11 in the morning or something, maybe it <laughs> yeah. would Maybe. Or, you know, an hour before dinner or something, say, okay, now we're going to experience dinner in this way. More, more, more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, and it's also, there's the munchy side of things, but then there's also just the experience of the food. Does it taste better? Right. The taste, the the mental, whatever that is going into your brain. Um, 
the next question I have said many times, this is a very personal subject, so feel free to pass yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, sex. Has Have you had sex while high and what's that like? See, when she falls asleep, that makes it really tough. <laughs> sure it does. So I'm going to vote for 11 a.m. and um, yeah. and afternoon delight. So you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. See if the skyrockets are in flight or not. I know alcohol doesn't have the most mutually beneficial relationship uh, for the man. Right. So, right. Um, but at pot, I have no idea. Um. Well, I definitely see a, a second interview in our future. <laughs> uh, let's see. With the homework, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. In between, I, I've given homework to other people too. I don't okay. think they've uh, actually done it. I, I have to give them an F. Um, have you noticed your dreams being different at all, or your sleep being different at all? I'm just out. Like I am most nights, I'm just out. Okay, so yeah. not really, no, no, not much of a change. Do you think that by the time you get to bed, uh, it's sort of out of your system, you're coming down usually? It's hard to say because if you fall asleep, who's to say? Um, yeah. You know, I will say that during this pandemic quarantine period, I've had mildly to moderate amount more long, complex, uh, often frustrating, unnerving dreams. And I'm sure that that must be common right now yeah yeah the yeah. stress level is really high i think it's working itself out in my sleep because i'm actually doing i think quite well um consciously mm-hmm. um dealing with this for us unprecedented situation yeah yeah but but when i'm asleep i think the right brain says yeah you you act like it's okay but really this is this is hellish do you feel like um, you said that consciously you're, you're, you tend to deal with it pretty well, mm-hmm. but um, you know, after dinner when you're watching some TV show or something, do you feel like your stress level changes at all? Do you feel that it calms you down at all when you get high? No, I, I, it, it's not that it calms me more. <laughs> There's a difference between calm and relax. To me, relax is purely physical and calm is more mental. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be true if you, on your other show, look up calmness, say, right. and relaxation on your dictionary show. But um, that's kind of how I feel, that the relax is more of a physical, bodily um, thing and that, that calm has to do more with... Um, a sense of inner peace. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel pretty calm um, even throughout this period, most. Just of in the general. Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, physically relaxing in the way that a couple glasses of wine, um, likewise with pot. Mm-hmm. And then, in a strictly just mental sense, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, these sort of faux eureka moments or anything. Yeah. Are there any of those moments that, um, have stuck with you that you've remembered that, you know, any sort of realizations that could just be realizations in the world. It could be spirituality. It could be whatever. Uh, have you noticed anything like that? Yeah, there goes one now. Oh, it's gone. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Don't retain any of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been writing it down. Haven't been tape recording. Right. I haven't been with, some, with someone sober and said, hey, remember this when I don't. Nothing like that. So. Do you do you think you'd be willing to actually have a uh, paper or phone nearby sure. or something and r- write something down? Sure. Again, if you we remember haven't to. been approaching it, you know, yeah. in that way. But sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is helpful because even though 50% or more of those things may not actually mean anything or may not be good, I think it's always good to at least have it down. Yeah. Because then you can go back and see if it was good or not. Right. 
And there might be some gems in there. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> Again, I just think back to college, you know. Yeah. I didn't hear a lot of brilliance. Right. You right. know, dear friends, I love them to pieces. I just, I didn't hear a lot of brilliance. And what they consider to be brilliant, maybe it's subjective, maybe maybe in some way it was, but they never got up and made it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the end of part one for Sam's interview. Uh, in part two, uh, we get off track a little bit, I guess. Uh, we get into a much bigger conversation about uh, the legality of cannabis and why or why not. And, uh, you know, it, it's actually a really interesting conversation that we could have talked about for uh, a really long time. Um, so uh, look forward to that uh, coming up next week. Uh, so that's going to be the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, become a patron if you so choose. Get episodes early, probably some exclusives later. Rate and review so this podcast can get more exposure. Just share it. Tell the people about it. Subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, this is Spencer and somebody talking about what it's like to be high. <laughs>